Welcome. Happy Friday. It's another episode of the Nonprofit Show. Today is Ask and Answer. And you know what that means. Fundraising Academy at National University is here to nerd out with us. So today we have an amazing guest. She's been on before, Adriana O'Donnell, who's also a CFRE, which means Certified Fundraising Executive. She is Director of Philanthropy at San Ysidro Health. And I'm going to ask you to say all of this over again. Also a trainer at Fundraising Academy. Welcome. Thank you for having me this morning. Happy Friday. Happy November. I can't believe that we're here. Um, So again, my name is Adriana O'Donnell. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, hers. Ella, I'm Director of Philanthropy at San Isidro Health here in San Diego. And uh, I'm proud to be here um, representing the Fundraising Academy and to answer these questions as best as I can. Well, thank you. We're thrilled to have you back. Before we jump into this conversation, I know we talked about this in the green room chatter, but tell our viewers and our listeners uh, what today is, where you are, because you're in San Diego. Today is a very special day for us. It's our National Philanthropy Day celebration uh, for San Diego. Uh, We're expecting 800 people um, from all over the county to celebrate um, in community. you know, recognizing our donors, our supporters, everyone that makes San Diego runs and honors our missions. Uh, It's our first one since 2019. So the excitement is in the air. And, you know, that's where I'm heading next. I can feel the excitement from here. So I'm really, really glad to to have uh, you part of today's conversation. Hey, before we jump into our conversation, I want to remind our viewers and listeners, I'm Jarrett Ransom, your nonprofit nerd, also CEO of the Raven Group. And uh, again, just so thrilled to have our guest here today to nerd out over these questions. We reserve all of your questions, our viewers, our listeners, um, as well as our social media followers, because we receive a lot of questions in that platform as well. We save them for Fridays, or I always say that it's our Friday because we're going to have some fun. Um, but before we jump into the questions, We want to send some gratitude to our presenting sponsors that keep the show going and growing. We're marching towards 700 episodes. Uh, Julia thought this would be a two-week stint, and we're coming up on, actually, it'll be our fourth year. So we're we're just moving and grooving. But thank you to Bloomerang, American Nonprofit Academy, Fundraising Academy at National University, Be Generous, Your Part-Time Controller, Staffing Boutique, Nonprofit Thought Leader, and Nonprofit Nerd. If you haven't checked these companies out, go ahead and do yourself a favor because they're here to help you elevate your mission in, around, throughout your community. Their mission is your mission. So I do encourage you uh, to, to surely check them out. And hey, as I mentioned, 700 episodes, you know where to find us by now. Roku, YouTube, Amazon Fire TV, as well as Vimeo. So if you have a smart TV, which I think most of us do, sometimes I think my TV is smarter than me. Um, just say the nonprofit show and we pull up on your your TV there as well as your podcast. So you can listen to the nonprofit show also wherever you stream your podcast. So go ahead and, and cue us up on those. Download us, like us, review us, thumbs up, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, really looking forward to to continuing this service and to be of service. So it's been a lot of fun and I'm glad to have you also in the hot seat, Adriana. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Happy to be here. Anna. Good. 
Well, the way this rolls, again, most of you probably already know this, the Friday Ask and Answer. Again, thank you to uh, Fundraising Academy at National University for underwriting this for us. I'm going to read the questions aloud. I'm going to ask you, Adriana, to answer them. And then I might say a yes and to some of them, depending on, on what they are. So our first one actually comes from your community. Samantha might be celebrating with you today for National Philanthropy Day in San Diego. Uh, Samantha wants to know, we have a similar name as a nonprofit in another state, and we've actually been dealing with some issues lately. We have had a couple of donors mix up our organization with this other one, and it's created some big headaches, as you can imagine. Do you have any suggestions? Yes, I do. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, I really feel that you need to consider your name. And um, I think maybe the easiest um, suggestion I have is to add your location. You know, like uh, San Isidro Health, obviously it says where we are, but if you are um, XYZ nonprofit in Phoenix or of, you know, San Diego County, um, I think that that would be helpful to donors to differentiate where you are located. Um, The other is perhaps consider a tagline. Um, maybe your missions are a bit different and that's another way to differentiate it, uh, your organization without having to go through the legal process of changing your name. Um, and then also, uh, when, uh, your donors are considering donating to you, if they're not doing it, you know, um, person to person, if they're doing it through your website, then maybe consider adding exactly what impact their donation is having on your mission, where you're located. It's like another safeguard. Um, And then obviously probably the hardest thing is to uh, consider your name. And if it really truly represents uh, what you need it to represent for your mission and then have that conversation with your leadership and board. And perhaps, you know, it's an opportunity to um, uh, think um, outside of your current name. You gave some really great solutions. I feel like they're very like basic. And I love that because it, it set, it speaks to how simple these solutions can be. Oftentimes that I'm just as guilty. I tend to overthink what the answer needs to be, you know, how many humane societies are there in our country? There's a lot, right? But Humane Society of San Diego, Humane Society of Phoenix, Humane Society of Fort Lauderdale, that is a great example. I started my career in chambers of commerce, so a C6. None of them are related, right? Like they're not under their same umbrella. They're all collaborative. But if you go to a greater Columbia Chamber of Commerce, that's very different than, you know, the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce. And so I think there are a lot of names and that's, that can be uh, tricky. In fact, Adriana, I was just looking at, um, at a, a website for an adaptability organization. So they help provide sports, outdoor sports for individuals with, um, you know, uh, disabilities, uh, physical disabilities. And when I first looked them up, I pulled up one in Colorado and I was like, wow, look at this. It's super cool. Well, I wasn't looking at the right site. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then I was like, wait, I don't, this does not look like our area, you know, like our geographic area. So 
it's easy to happen, right? I think it's really easy, but your solutions are so simple. And I think it really speaks to the point that we don't have to overthink it. I love, love, love your tagline, right? Like let's make sure that we put that tagline in there so that if someone does um, think of us as another organization, we can, you know, clarify that pretty quickly. So great solutions to that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you'll see Samantha today at lunch. <laughs> I do. And I hope this is helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, this is fantastic and definitely something, something to consider. Um, so let's move to name withheld. Now, if Julia was here, she loves these name withhelds um, and also city withheld. So this is a double doozy. We have a new director of marketing and they want to move all of our communications to impact versus emotion. I'm on the fundraising team and I think this is a huge mistake. Help. <laughs> we see the white flag waving, right? So, okay, director of marketing, they want to move all their comms to impact, I guess, narrative as opposed to emotional narrative. That's that's how I'm reading it. What say you, Adriana? Well, I have a question back and I you know, we did discuss this earlier. Why why can't we do both? Um, so I really feel like this is a matter of being able to communicate very clearly with your marketing team, with your new director of marketing, um, and sharing with them, you know, um, your your history and donations and how people react, whether this is for a direct mail ask, whether this is for your annual report. Um, impact matters. I mean, even within my own organization, we're talking about, you know, for uh, how if if we weren't here in this um, portion, this little portion of our country, what impact would that have on the community? And it's quite large. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you're looking at numbers, you also have to humanize it or else it's just numbers. Uh, so emotion, um, it matters for uh donors, individual donors, corporate donors, it matters. So being able to marry uh, both of them um, is something that that should happen for your organization. I think that puts your organization in the best light. Um, so I encourage communication. I encourage, uh, you know, uh, being very um, intentional about um, messaging. And I think that at the end of the day, your director of marketing and you are, are working towards the same goal raising awareness and support for your organization. Uh, so I think it's all about um, collaborating, communicating, and um, I hope that um, you know you can do both because that's how it should be, in my humble opinion. <laughs> I love your win-win solution. I'm all for win-win. And, and my response is, is the same. Why can't we do both? When we think of storytelling, right? And we think of impact storytelling, emotional storytelling, I often find the success is in the blending, right? It's blending all of the ways of storytelling. Um, you know, we also have some super accounting nerds that join us, you know, from time to time. They talk about data visualization when it comes to numbers and their storytelling in statistics, right? And so I really think name withheld, city withheld, there is a beautiful blend of all of these components to really tell that emotion, perhaps you know, with that impact and those stats. And, and there's so many ways to blend that. Um, I started my career, Adriana, as a grant writer. 
And there, I was, I was taught in that process that you're blending, right? The data, the stats, the facts into the emotional heartstrings, the person you're humanizing this, right? So we can see uh, that impact from the human perspective. And that's always where I stand is how might we encapsulate the entire package and the entire picture so that it it does speak to all of these elements. So that's that's what I'd like to build on to your answer. And if I may just add one more thing, I feel sometimes that um, we need to, uh, you know, really connect with our colleagues. So if I can suggest, take them out to coffee. You know, break bread with them, talk to them about your goals um, and and also, of uh, you know, how you'd like to communicate for your organization. I think that that will go a long way as well. Great point. Yeah, great point. That return on relationship is always so good. And, and you know, having that that direct uh, open conversation, because you're right, we're all working towards the same goal. So how do we get there and develop those those win wins? So. We wish you the best. We, we hope um, that these answers help to resolve what you're working towards. Okay, we're moving over to Detroit. Uh, our friend Zach over there. We are reworking our volunteer policies and we're questioning if we should have an age limit. For example, we have a lot of teens who come and serve, but one of our board members thinks this is a liability because they are not of legal age. Good question, Zach. Adriana? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say hello to Detroit. And, um, you know, when it comes to volunteers, they, um, they're a valued resource to your organization. And I feel that uh, depending on what it is that you're asking your volunteers to do, um, you know, is it, I guess my question back to Zach is, it is it problematic right now to have uh, teenagers come and help you. Um, and if it hasn't been, uh, but you're worried about there being a situation where it could be a liability, then perhaps consider a chaperone program. Um, if it's with a high school or a middle school, perhaps that high school or middle school can help in that regards. Um, but um, I know that I can speak for my organization and for things that are not clinical. Uh, then we do welcome and appreciate uh, volunteers um, that are able to uh, carry out the duties that we're asking of them. And their parents do sign off on a um, a permission slip, if if you will, uh, to help support us that day or in that particular event. Um, So I hope that um, that is helpful in a way. Um, But again, volunteers, it's like that... um, resource that's really hard to add a dollar value to, but it's so invaluable because you're essentially growing your supporters and and your donors and having them so close to your mission from an early age. Uh, So I would hope that, you know, that's encouraged. Yeah. You're building a fantastic pipeline. You know, um, 
There are so many organizations in our country, and I love this, that come from a place of civic engagement. National Charity League is one that I had at my tip of my tongue. Obviously, I tripped over that, but National Charity League. And then there's so many schools that also require their students to participate in community engagement at some level. And I think there's a a wonderful opportunity to do this. I, I talk often about my son. He's 12, and he's been very involved in the community at all all ages and stages of his life, right? I love Adriana that you mentioned that chaperone project or, or perhaps, you know, if it's not their parent, it's their school advisor, someone that's coming in, you know, but I also think when it comes to photography and maybe Zach, this is where your board member is coming, you know, it, it comes to the legalities within the liability. So I would also recommend look at your policies you know, and then speak with your policy provider. What are the things that we need to make sure that we can dot our I's and cross our T's like, you know, a a photography policy, which means we perhaps do need to, you know, have a, have a parent sign off on the use of that. So I hear you. And I always come from a place also of like, what's what's allowed because we're a very litigious community. So let's do look at our policy and let's find out, okay, what is acceptable and let's work our processes to, you know, include that. Um, I'm right there with you, Adriana. Let's get them involved early and often because that's building a future pipeline of supporters. Yeah. So, so yeah, have fun, Zach. I, I hope that that, that helps to answer and I'm curious, Adriana, do you have a Detroit connection? I don't. I just okay. like to name it. <laughs> you know, like, I just want to say hi to Detroit. And I thought I want to say hi to Detroit from San Diego. Um, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Uh, Maria in Miami, Florida sends in this question. I recently watched an episode of the nonprofit show where you discuss the issue of cybersecurity. The guest was amazing and cybersecurity insurance was specifically discussed. Do you know the approximate cost of this type of specialized insurance? Well, this one, this question here, really, um, so full disclosure, um, as far as technology and cybersecurity at our organization, we do have a skilled team of IT um, experts that that um, do this work for us because we are providing healthcare services, which comes with its own regulations. Um, so I know that it is very important. It's something that we take very seriously and it's just built into our operations, the way that we do our business. Um, so I would say giving you that that information on from my personal perspective, I would say um, I don't have an answer for how much it would cost because I have not done the research, but I would encourage you to talk to your network. Uh, look at your uh, local um, societies, whether it's um, Association for Fundraising Professionals or others, and um, ask the question, hey, does anyone have a uh, cyber cybersecurity insurance and how does it work? And actually, I feel like that's the also an you know advice for Zach in Detroit as well. Look sure. at your network, use them as resources. Um, who are they using? Do they have any recommendations? Are they similar to your organization? Are you looking at the same type of services? Um, and then also do research on um, 
you know, the internet and reach out to um, highly recommended um, insurance options and, and connect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you, uh, because this was a, a huge week for us, Nonprofit Power Week. We talked all about cybersecurity. I thought it was going to be a yawn fest, but it wasn't. We It was so enlightening. I had no idea that there was a specialized insurance for cybersecurity, because like you, Adriana, I am a fundraising person, right? And so I'm not an IT person, so much so that anytime I get an error message on my technology, I panic. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, But I will call out our executive producer, Kevin Pace, who did some personal research on this. And again, as you said, Adriana, you know, uh, go to your peers, do a quick Google search. Um, And what Kevin Pace pulled up was approximately $1,500. Now that depends on your organization, the size, like, you know, there's always different kind of a la carte options that you can check. But what Kevin found, again, Kevin's our executive producer, it was approximately $1,500 for the specialized insurance. Now, the other thing we talk about often is the cost of a cybersecurity attack. And let me just tell you, the cost comparison, get the insurance. It's way more you know, um, of a good practice to get the insurance so that you can be prepared. Cause I also hear it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, you know, something like that could happen and it really could take down your organization, sadly, Maria. Um, so definitely look into this. If this is not in your budget, get that in there, (laughs) get that in there for sure. I think it's, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So, but I'm right there with you, Adriana. This is not my wheelhouse. So <laughs> no, I defer to the experts. <laughs> experts. And I will call out again. That was a nonprofit power week with I Bailey. We had a phenomenal guest, um, Kyle Hendrickson, that came on and we nerded out with him all week. And again, I thought it was going to be a yawn fest. I was I was very <laughs> surprised. It was not. It, he had my attention day in, day out, and I learned so very much. So Maria, check out that. Um that power week as well. Adriana, this has been fantastic. You are a ray of sunshine. And again, thank you for serving our community. I believe that we're all connected and what we do in our local communities impacts the nation and impacts the globe. So I know we're neighbors. You're in California. I'm in Arizona. But what we do really impacts the world. So you serve as director of philanthropy at um, San Ysidro Health. Say that. San Isidro Health. San Isidro. Thank you. San Isidro Health. And you're also a trainer at Fundraising Academy. We absolutely love them and are so grateful to have their support day in and day out here for the show. And you've got a big day today because you said it's National Philanthropy Day in San Diego. It really, it is. And um, as mentioned, the last one was in 2019. So we're all excited um, to come together in the special community um, to honor, you know, our supporters, um, the people that um, contribute towards our missions to better our community. Um, one thing about San Diego is that we are a binational um, area. Um, so you just have such a diverse pool of people coming together uh, to celebrate. Um, and that makes it even better, too. I feel sometimes we don't take the time to celebrate. Uh, so it's really exciting to do that today. Yeah, I love to celebrate the small wins, the big wins, and all the wins in between. So have fun celebrating, absolutely, and celebrate yourself 
also, because what you do is a big accomplishment. Hey, check out Fundraising Academy. That's fundraising-academy.org. Check them out. We're so grateful to have their support day in and day out here uh, to be a presenting sponsor for the nonprofit show, but also to help us with these Friday Ask and Answer episodes. So again, shout out to all of our sponsors. Thank you to Bloomerang, American Nonprofit Academy, Fundraising Academy at National University, and you met Adriana here. She's part of their team. Also want to thank Be Generous, your part-time controller, staffing boutique, nonprofit thought leader, as well as the nonprofit nerd. Now's a good time to check out these companies, unless you're attending an event like Adriana is, but check them out because their mission is your mission and they're here to help you uh, move forward. So thank you for your time, your valuable expertise, and happy Friday. Thank you, Jared. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for all of you that joined us, have a restful weekend. Join us back on Monday. And until then, stay well so you can do well. See you on Monday. Thank you.